Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello and welcome to this episode of 20 Minute Tim's episode 188 and I am joined this week by Melly. Yes. How are you getting on today? Getting there. Getting there, yes. yep. We all saw the pictures and Gilly from at Celtic Vines at the History Boys that you can find on our treble tier Patreon. How are you getting on? Yeah, I'm good mate. A bit more confident about Celtic the last few days than I was this time last week. It just shows you what a win or two can do, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you think people are hitting the panic button a wee bit too early? Um, I, I obviously I have to say yes but I'm as guilty as anybody <laughs> I'm for that. us too us too um, just before we get right into it we might as well talk about the Patreon Melly which is what we plug at the beginning of the podcast for those of you who don't know and you must know by now that we uh, offer a Patreon service where in support for the podcast you get extra content that's a uh, podcast to you and me in the last week on our Patreon we've had Melly at the match well, that was a Celtic Dunfermline game, Melly. That was one for the ages. You were pretty disappointed about that one. AIK as well. Yeah, we had AIK, which I made my debut on. Don't know if I'll be allowed back. I'll <laughs> need to wait and see. Uh, we had the Having a Rank podcast. That what Everyone loves having a rank. Um, that was Celtic Fight Club. That was a rundown, Gilly, of... I don't know if you listened to it yet on your Patreon. Of course. Of uh, Celtic players involved in altercations. That was pretty hilarious, um, to tell you the truth. We had Ranking at the Reserves, which was a 3-1 defeat to Clyde, where we all saw 50-year-old Danny Lennon. Yes. <laughs> Why did he end? Why did he do that in the end up? Just for a buzz. Was it? I thought it was injuries, but if he'd done it for a buzz, that's even worse. Uh, and we had the return of Twenty Minute Movies, which is the regular podcast. Now we'll be offering you guys on a Saturday just a rundown of the latest movie news and reviews. Um, we've got a Patreon announcement. We have some new, fresh content coming your way. It's called The Tactics Board. It's going to be a monthly look at Celtic from a tactical aspect. Now, it's not going to be numbers heavy and boring. We're going to make it interesting and engaging. And first up, we're going to have a review of how Celtic approached the game under Neil Lennon compared to how tactically they approached the game under Brendan Rodgers. And also, we're going to do some opposition analysis on Rangers to find out what Celtic need to do to beat Rangers. And that will be out on the Patreon treble tier this week before the game. Now we can get into the nitty gritty, the Celtic business. How, you, how have you felt about the last week, particularly the AIK game? A lot more optimistic, and it was uh, brilliant seeing the, the new guys actually giving us a bit of a performance. 
I so before we headed into the AIK game, there was a bit of, a bit of trepidation because the last week had been pretty heavy going for Celtic. There was a lot of drama out there on the terraces, a lot of drama on this podcast. People weren't particularly happy, Gilly, about the way Celtic were performing. I said on Melly at the match that, that would be an opportunity for Celtic and for Neil Lennon to put all that behind them and produce a really good performance on the night that would get people talking about the football again. Do you think they achieved that? It was night and day from the performance against Cluj and Dunfermline. I, I didn't make the Dunfermline game myself, but obviously listening to Melly's Melly at the match, it was not hard to imagine how bad that would have been. But It was worse than you could imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but just from the start the other night, the team seemed to have a lot more about them, a lot more positive, and the crowd reacted to that. Yeah, I thought we were, we were good. Didn't 2-0 scoreline's obviously good going and it you delight another goal, but I think it was quite a fair reflection on the game, the 2-0, because AIK didn't really create anything. We never looked, looked they would trouble us. Um, once we got that first goal just after half time we really did settle into the match and played some really good stuff going forward Let's talk about the lineup a wee bit um, another different lineup for Celtic this time we had Gordon Ayer, Julian Simonovic bowling goalie left back Forrest, Brown, McGregor Christie, Edward and Mikey Johnson anyone there Gilly that you want to single out for praise or condemnation? When you say condemnation the first, I'm just looking at Brown already thinking that his time might be up. I was. It's funny you should mention that. I've got that in the notes to to talk about the Hearts game, but it's it's maybe starting to look like one season too many for Brown, isn't it? Maybe just too many games, too many. Like I think he's only missed one game already this season. The Dunfermline game. Yeah. Maybe it would correct me. So it, obviously you'd expect him to play against like, Stockholm the other night, but there's been games we've played where he pl- probably wasn't needed. St Johnson at home possibly been one of them. Yeah, I think we were speaking about it at the game, Jamie. That. A midfield of McGregor, Kisty and Encham would be good in some domestic games going forward. I can see why he's playing just now, because he is your captain. We've lost Tierney, we've lost Lustig, there's the other leaders, so there's not many leaders anymore. Big Ayers stepping up to the plate, but I think Scott Brown finds some games, but as Gilly's saying, doesn't need to be in there every game, especially the domestic ones. We saw the arrival of Craig Gordon back into goal, it was short-lived. How how do you think he done? Because there's been reports that he's been quite unhappy at the limited playing time that he's got recently. Do you think, I mean, he was eventually dropped immediately for, for the Hearts game, but do you think his performance in that game really warranted a bit of discussion about that? I don't think he really had much to do in what he did do. He did okay still. His distribution is poor. It was more the, the speed of it. He was slowing things down quite a lot when a quick throw out could have had one of the fullbacks away or a quick throw into midfield and we could have been away. But the crowd started to get in his back a wee bit. But apart from that, barely had any saves to make. They, they didn't pose many problems. But going forward, I wonder if now that Foster's in, he was obviously paraded at half time. If, and he's played against Hearts that Gordon will maybe be pushed down to second, third choice maybe and for a guy who's missed a lot of football in his career I don't think he'd really want to hang about for that So, nah, I think he's going to be third choice like you're saying I think Lennon's made it clear that he prefers Bain to Gordon he'd, all last season or the second half of last season he was in charge to make the change if he felt Gordon was going to be his number one between those two and he didn't do it even this season he started with Bain and the only reason Bain got dropped I assume is this broken finger Mm-hmm. And then at the weekend, like uh, Jamie was saying, Foster's back in immediately, which I've got no issue with. I fully expected Fraser Foster to start the game uh, against uh, Hearts on Sunday. Just a strange one because obviously Foster won't be able to play on Thursday night, but to have Craig Gordon just come in, 
then on Sunday a keeper changes, Thursday it's going to have to change again and then Sunday it might be Foster again. We've not had you on, Gilly, so we've not had the, the benefit of your assessment yet of bowling goalie, but it seems that everybody's got an opinion on the guy. He's been written off as useless within a handful of games already. Melly, you said on Melly at the match that this could have been the turning point for bowling yep. goalie at that game. How, how did you rate his performance in that it's one? And where do you stand on him overall? Overall, I'm extremely disappointed for the value for money we're getting for this guy, 3.5 million. His, game, his performance against Stockholm was probably the best he's had um, for Celtic overall. He played well against Motherwell for uh, the second half. But as I've kind of said to a lot of my friends, I think I've said to you guys, I'm not seeing very much from him going forward. I want to see him use his power and his pace, which are two things that he seems to have. I want to see him going outside and take on fullbacks, And he keeps picking the easy option, coming inside and playing balls inside. And to me, if you've got left-footed and you're on the left-hand side, I want to see you attack that line get corners, commit your man, but he's, I don't know if it's confidence, but he's just not doing it. But Aye, that's what I said. Do you think it's a confidence thing? Because he seems to be a player that, we were talking about it when we were watching the match, see every time he makes a mistake, we saw him, he beats himself up, he's, he's shaking his head, and he's he's clapping his hands and he's giving himself a pep talk. Do you think that he's, he is a confidence player who's maybe struggling to make the step up between Vienna and a packed Celtic park? That could very well be it. Obviously, none of us know the pressures of playing for Celtic in front of that stadium. You, you're going to hear every kind of Oh, and every ah, every time you make a mistake, and that might be affecting him. But all it'll take is like one bit of skill or beating one man. You'll hear the other side of that if they cheer, and that's what's going to um, help him improve. I thought the crowd did get behind him. Ah, they did. Ah, they did. For sure. You could see he was trying. I think you're you're right. I want to see him go on the outside more. He always seems to cut in and drift inside a bit. Whereas if you're a fullback going forward. The space for you, like on the other side, we've seen it in the Hearts game, Aya had all the space in the world yeah. and they exploited that, so it'd be good to do that on that side as well, especially with Johnson drifting inside, it leaves the space for ball and goal to press forward, but I think it is just a confidence thing because he's just trying to get himself through games just now and build that up, whereas if he, as I said last week, if it was just a turning point Thursday night where he, he didn't do much wrong, just the usual um, MD makes mistakes in games It's you're not going to have a perfect game but I think that game he might just probably spur him on and hopefully he can just build on it now get forward and once he does he's already assisted once if he can get another one in there I think his confidence will be I, up I was reluctant to write him off just because well, no, you've been a big fan of him I just don't like writing players off too early but did you watch that Henrik Larson thing on BT Sports where he was talking about the strips and I thought it was quite interesting when he was talking his, about his first move now obviously this isn't bowling goal his first move but he was talking about his his move uh, from Sweden to Feyenoord and he was saying it didn't really work out for him because when you move country into a new football environment there's a lot to think about now I know Celtic sign players from foreign countries all the time and some of them do well and some of them don't but he's like you can't speak the language you don't know you're learning the new culture you're learning the food you're learning the way but it's like, and you've also got to play your football and be careful with it so there's obviously an adjustment period with players um, another thing that I had on the risk of repeating myself here on, on side of bowling goalie was when you, he's only he's only just in the team we knew his game when we signed him you know everyone was talking about it there was a, people were saying like when you look him up on Scout, the deficiency in his game now were, were present then so it's not like we've brought this guy over from Austria and went oh shit he can't defend you know we, we know we knew what we were getting yeah absolutely and I think um, at the start of his Celtic career with the first few games it was a wee bit like we didn't know how to use him 
Yeah. Whereas in the last few games, it's as if the, the players, maybe Lennon spoke to him and kind of told him exactly what was expected of him. I think it was one of the first games, I can't remember the team, maybe it was St Johnson, when people were saying he just wasn't coming back. Yeah. He was just <laughs> <laughs> a play this kind of between midfield and defence, but wasn't really filling in the left-back position, which was leaving the team kind of lopsided. But you certainly can't accuse him of that, the same in the last few days, last few games, sorry. James Forrest, Melly, crops up another important goal. Yep. He's doing it on the big stage for us this season, isn't he? He's becoming a vital part of Neil Lennon's team by the looks of it already. He does. He just pops up time and time again with important goals and big games. And again, it was just after half-time. It was a smashing time to score because we got to half-time and I thought, AIK would have just sat in, which they did, but not getting that goal before half time, I thought the crowd might be a bit wary. But the crowd were right behind the team as soon as the second half kicks off. Bow and goalie powers forward, and then Edwards get the presence of mind to let it go for Forrest. Forrest in all the space. Keeper should have done better, but in the back of the net, and it, it just settled the whole team down. And from then on, I thought we got the ball down and we kept going at them. We yeah. didn't let, let them up. So it was good to see. and I thought there was a lot of good attacking play, but there's still defence. We don't never conceded, but we still get cut open quite yeah. a lot. What do you would you make a James Forrest's contribution already this season? Are you a fan of Forrest? Absolutely, yeah. It's just he's one of those guys that everybody just takes for granted. The amount yeah. of important goals he, he scores for Celtic, it's unbelievable. And he's just kind of he's not really hitting a great kind of form with, with playing wise. That might be a bit controversial, but he's not kind of winning games himself he's just scoring goals it's yeah. kind of simple as that sounds but they'll get a stage where he's scoring goals and he's destroying players and destroying opposition and hopefully it comes this Sunday ironically I was just having a moan about um, <laughs> Ball and Collie not going on the left hand side but he did uh, excellent for the first goal the other night when he cuts inside and he attacks and goes forward and it was him that had the assist for Forrest but that's a wee bit different because the issue I have with him is kind of coming inside and then going back the way when yeah. we're attacking, he goes inside and he goes forward. That's fine because you're committing defenders, but it's just coming inside and going back the way that I've kind of got. It's kind of annoying me. I don't know. Maybe it might be tactical because maybe it's Lennon likes to have Forrest and Johnson high and wide. So if they're left one on one with defenders, they can take them on. Well, I was going to, I was going to, I was going to mention that for the 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 Hearts game, but you know, no, I'll just pick up here. But in bowling goalie in the Hearts game was. He was making some bizarre runs. He was making sort of, he was playing like an inverted fullback. He would get when he got to the final third of the pitch. He was moving it in field, and I think it, I think maybe, maybe it's tactical. Now Neil Lennon himself says he's no big on statistics. We don't know if he's big on tactics or not. But I don't think bowling goalie's just out there doing whatever he wants. No, no, there will be a method behind it. But maybe we've just not had enough games to see properly, and it's, the team's changing all the time because we do have game after game. So once it maybe settles down. A couple of weeks once the transfer window slams shut and we probably don't bring in any other players, we'll know a bit more where we are with the squad. Um, Oldson Edward cropped up with a free kick. That, that noise, Melly, that means you've been impressed, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Now, you were on the goal <laughs> boat when we were sitting belly. Aye. Oh. What do you think? Oh, oh yeah, King Eddie's putting a, a right claim in for that crown. Five goals in nine games already, Gilly. Yeah, he's playing well. He's the, the main man up there. I thought he was brilliant the other night. Um, there was one in the first half where he's rolled his defender and he's turned and he's hit it first time the keeper's made a great save I think if that had went in it would have been an absolutely brilliant goal in this 
maybe a bit OTT, but that kind of reminded me of the original Ronaldo, just <laughs> making that, just, just making that transfer himself was back to goal, just kind of bodied the defender and turned and hit it. It's it's un it's not unusual, but it's seen when you see Odson Edward in full flow where he picks up the ball sort of central left hand side. And then he's running at defenders. We've never really had strikers that can take on players like that for a long time. It's more been poachers or yeah. like the sort of target man Dembele. But when he gets the ball on the turn and he's going at defenders, they're absolutely petrified. He's got great skill. He's got the power. He's got really good feet. And I thought his uh, hold-up play was really good the other night. Yeah. He kept the ball, held off defenders, won it in there. And it was just... A Outstanding performance from him, topped off by an absolute peak to a goal. Do you think that thus far, Gilly, I know, like, I thought it was criminal last season that Edward wasn't even nominated for a single award. Do you think this season might be the season that we see him fulfil his, his potential? Do you think, actually, do you think he's even lived up to that £9 million price tag as yet? I would say in the last few weeks, he's looked like a £9 million player, absolutely. Yeah. Um, he should have been up for nominations last year, possibly should have won one. This year, if he was playing for any other team in Scotland, did he be nominated? Yeah. It's just a case of Celtic have already got outstanding players who are getting nominated, and he must have just fell short. If he continues the form he's had for the first kind of few weeks of the season, he will absolutely be in the mix when it comes to these awards at the end. And I'd imagine a few Celtic players have been there. I said that uh, I said Forrest is undroppable. I said uh, Edward is probably undroppable, but Bio maybe might have proved me wrong in the Hearts game. We can talk about that. Um, his free kick was an absolute scorcher, though, wasn't it? Oh, lovely! It was sort of. Ronaldo, the way he hits it, so Ronaldo. Like, what, what, what Ronaldo here? We got we got both Ronaldo comparisons. The newer one, no, the good, no, it's good. <laughs> uh, he's got a way of striking the ball. It was the same in the cup final against Hearts when he's going through. Just he sort of got, he can get power from the inside of his foot, and he just put it over the keeper. And you said that at the game. This is going in. You could, another one, you could just smell it coming. And when we get that second goal, it, it just eases us into the game. Then. A good lead to take away and it was good to get the atmosphere back in the stadium again after a couple of games where it's not been that good. I think everyone at the game actually thought this is in because the amount of people on Twitter that put that video, where they videoed it, they got it, they caught it on their phone and obviously it kicks off the, the chant. Yes. It's getting better and better. Yeah, you're a big, you're a big fan of that one, Melly, absolutely. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I think the, the drums as well and... Uh, a lot of people usually moan and go, oh, the Celtic fans are singing that song too fast. But I think the tempo we're doing that is like perfect. Are you, are you pleased with the timing, are you? Yeah, I'm up for <laughs> yeah, the... yeah. not, is he? No, no, no. Stephen's not, not particularly a fan of that one. I think he likes um, football songs a bit more creative, that's why. AIK, but, you know, they were 20-odd games into their season and I thought they would... You know, you'd, you'd think they were into the stride with fitness and all that. and But the Celtic, they never trouble Celtic at all. Celtic look like the fitter team, actually. Well, as well, usually you play against these teams and you think, oh, he's not bad, I wouldn't mind him... Uh, playing for Celtic Aye. there was nobody in their team that no, stood out no. even Larson apart from his dead balls I can't even remember him doing much like, during the game at all no they were very very poor and another goal would uh, kill the that's the only yeah, thing I wanted it. really I just wanted that goal to kill the tie but as I said I don't think we created much we obviously Forrest goes through gets the goal and then Edward gets the goal from the free kick but apart from that we weren't creating many big chances so I thought 2 and it was a, an alright scoreline and when you're looking at the two teams obviously easier said than done but Celtic should go away and they should just play like they did the other night because yeah. AIK won't pose us any problems but they've just got they play 3-5-2 tried to go long to the guys up top but 
big Julian was absolutely dominant in there. That's been his best game so far, and we could see what he was all about as well. Yeah, he was. You can't argue with that. Um, I would say there's a question mark over his pace, and it might get found out against kind of faster players, obviously. So a wee bit kind of concerned that Morelos could give him a hard time, but when he comes against uh, the bigger, stronger players, I don't think he's going to have a worry at all. AIK, uh, they had their game yesterday, as we record this. They won 3 1 in the league. No, no significant changes to their team, so obviously they're not making any preparations for keeping people fit. Do you think, Gilly, that it's a done deal? Do you think that even though we didn't get that final goal to kill it off, do you think that 2 0 heading over there is enough to see you through? It should be, but being a Celtic fan, you've always got to be <laughs> yeah. aware of if it's not a goal or cluster goals. Is, like, <laughs> cluster as. goals. <laughs> the first five minutes. Uh, but I, I think Celtic will score. Like, we've seen it this season. It's, uh, we're good going forward and we're taking our chances. So I fancy to score over there and it gives them everything to do. How do you feel about the Europa League generally? I mean, we, we never got your thoughts on the close match, but I suppose you're the same as everybody else. It was completely avoidable. Absolutely. And I think uh, the most common line trotted from last week was if we'd played that team last Tuesday, we'd probably be still in the Champions League. Mm. And I agree with that. I think, as well, you guys have covered in depth, Lennon really dropped the ball. We're putting our best midfielder at left back and caused ourselves a lot of problems against Cluj. One thing I will say about Stockholm is they brought a lot of fans with them. They were a bit... They were mental actually on the night, Melly. Yeah, they were. But good good fans sang most of the night. Seen they were out looking for Celtic casuals. I see that well. on Twitter. That must be a, a wee guy thing, Gilly. I don't I don't you see these things tweeted on Twitter, casuals were out looking for Celtic fans and I'm thinking, I'm in the house having my dinner. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna, know, I'm not roaming the streets. I don't know who they're expecting to find on Wednesday night in Glasgow. I know. <laughs> walking around just by Princess Square. It's just a couple, couple of Celtic. A, a couple of students. I no uh, there was a bit of a riot going on. I think there was rumours online that Celtic uh, some Celtic fan ran into the crowd or something, but I, I don't know if that's been verified or not. Um the other highlight of the game, obviously, was at half-time, we got the most dramatic player <laughs> reveal that you've ever seen, ever since uh, Bio's reveal. Um, Fraser Foster rejoined the club since, was it 2010? Nine years ago, yeah, I've seen it on, uh, I think it was sports scene, said, what, nine years, three weeks since he made his debut or something like that? So he made his, he made his second debut for Celtic, he was unveiled at half-time with a number 67 shirt. That's how he PRs. They know, they know what they're doing, don't they? He said, to be fair to him, he says, you know, that's the number I chose, I know what it means to the club, and yada, 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 this sort of PR stuff that they're usually fed. Um, how do you feel about Foster's return overall? As the, as the player, we'll not get into the scouting thing yet, but as Fraser Foster's the player, you, ha you happy with that guy? Me? Yeah, absolutely. I think he'll be a, a good signing. I think if, if he wants, enjoys Celtic, enjoy playing if it's the last time. You can see that in his body language, everything he's saying. Stevie Woods get the best out of him, as did Lennon, so hopefully we can get back to the kind of form he showed us when he was with Celtic the first time. And I watched a video just because I was like, how did he actually do for Southampton? I didn't really keep an eye on him. And it was um, three minutes long. He had some of his saves for Southampton. And they were very much like the saves he was making for us. They were brilliant. So he still got it in him. I think it's a good signing. It's maybe a goalkeeping situation. Lennon's not wanting to play it from the back more. But that's fine for Foster because I feel like he's got more of a presence than Gordon or yeah. Ben. He's, he's one of those keepers where... If you're going through and go, you'll maybe second guess yourself because he is such a presence, so big. And when Hart, we'll speak about it later, but when Hart's got the penalty the weekend, I thought there's a good chance he'll save this. But whereas a couple of weeks ago against Cluj, when Umrani stepped up, I never really got the feeling that Scott Bain was going to save it. I just think that Fraser Foster's got a bit more of an aura about him. Yeah, he's uh, intimidating. Yeah. I, th I think Bain, for the most part, has been okay. 
but I think, I mean, you can maybe even stretch into the tail end of last season. I think maybe for the last dozen or so games, I think he's been a pretty average goalkeeper. I think Stephen's quite outspoken when he says he wants his goalkeepers to first and foremost be able to make saves. Yeah. And I think with Bain, he is very good with the ball at his feet and sometimes you kind of let him away with, with things you think he should save because oh, he's, he's good at keeping possession and things. But recently, the goal against Motherwell, a lot of people are saying he should have done better with that. Mm. Um, the goal two against, well, the penalty against Cluj, I think, and he was so close to it, really should have got it. And the one, uh, the third one, was it, that he's palmed out to yeah. Manny? Uh, he, was, he was weak for that. I wouldn't see Foster... Do you think maybe that's what Neil Lennon's doing? He's sitting on the sideline, already got his doubts, and he's watching things like that, and he's going, oh, big phrase would I save those? He's thinking Fraser would I save those? Yeah, it's a combination of that and the fact that he's available. Foster's yeah. available. We had to go out and spend a few million on him. I, I doubt we'd be seeing him, but we're kind of getting him for, for free on loan right now, and then yeah. probably being, paying half his wages or something. There's a lot of chat about, about Fraser Foster, mainly people are a bit suspicious about the fact that he hasn't really played a lot of football in the last couple of years now. I was doing some reading up Southampton blogs and most of them were along the lines of where is Fraser Foster and I think a couple of things happened with his career as far as I can gather. One, he hit a, a patch of really bad form and he was dropped but this coincided with him, I believe, signing a new contract. So under normal circumstances, a player like that would move on and try and get a new club but just nobody was willing to touch his wages so I think he was like, I've signed a contract in good faith, if you want me to be number three then I'll be number three and I'll, I'll wait to get it. Another theory that Stephen put in though, Melly, which there, there might be something to this though in, in the group chat when we were talking about it is, Stephen says, well, maybe the game has just moved on beyond Fraser Foster and maybe no one else is looking for a big, strong shot stopper. Maybe everyone wants a keeper who's a bit smarter with it, who can take possession with his feet, who can pass a bit better. Do you think there's, there's anything in that based on what you've seen for Foster so far in the Hearts game? It's a possibility. There wasn't many opportunities to see how he got on the Hearts game using his feet wise but there was the one time where he came out and took that extra touch instead of getting it away yeah. where Hearts got the free kick it just depends what the manager's looking for from a goalkeeper and it looks like Neil Lennon is first and foremost I think he said he wants his keepers to Keep stop shots yeah, which is fair enough and with the defence maybe being a bit leaky this season maybe we're better with a guy like that because We'll maybe give up more chances, and if you're saying who's going to save the one-on-one, Foster or Bain, it's always Foster for me. I think Foster as well, like you were saying earlier, as a leader back there, because um, the defence is pretty young. Um, um, Yozo's, what is he, like 24? Yeah, something like so that. He's not really a leader. Ayer, he's still young. He kind of is a leader in a lot of things he does, but is he talking up people through the game? Is he, yeah. is he at that level yet? And Julian, who's just settling in, so I don't see him being the main man back there at this stage. So it's good to have somebody back there. With we mistake, he could caught out with his feet against Hearts. I think that's just Mark's sharpness and decision yeah. making. Yeah. I think in a few weeks' time, that's in Rosette. Yeah, uh, it's probably just looks like he's going to play against against Rangers now. And again, if you're asking me, going to Ibrox, who would you rather have, Forster or Bain or Gordon? It's always going to be Foster just because I think he does have that presence and it's a sort of win-win for both. Fraser Foster comes back, good chance to revive his career and play for a big club again and 
it's an easy win for Celtic as well. Maybe goalkeeper wasn't something we thought we'd definitely to well, be addressed. That, that was it, aye, we, aye. we always wanted it addressed. We always thought we could do better. And now we have. I'm happier, happy with it. So let's talk through the Hearts game. Let's talk through the Hearts lineup. There was again, it was one of these ones where different selection, different formation. You're trying to figure out exactly what's happening. So Foster made his debut as we discussed. Christopher Ayer was back at right back. It was Julian and Neil Beaton this time. Uh, Centre half pairing with Bowling Goalie on the left. Scott Brown. McGregor, Forrest, Cham and Ryan Christie all made up various midfield positions uh, and leading the line was Vacuum Bayou um, now this is his full debut as well wasn't it? Yeah first start for the club didn't really expect it to be honest you think if Edward was getting rested it'd be Griffiths that would come in but Hearts are a big physical team so uh, it's good to see Bayou I've only seen what nine minutes against Kilmarnock yeah. coming on against Cluj we haven't really seen much of him so it was good to see him from the start I thought he'd done well we sort of changed it about a bit Christie started on the right hand side and Forrest was on the left and um, that's again that's taking your best midfielder this season out his best position but Christie's that good he, he still did well out there and yeah. what it did is he came inside all the time which left absolute acres of space for Christopher Ayer and he just tore down that right hand side time and time again so many chances created and even I'm not a big fan of Forrest out left but he did well there and the first goal comes from Christie went absolute brilliant switch of play right over yeah, to the left hand side he's got that in his locker Christie yeah he did it for all three of the goals, I think he was involved doing switching it over. But Craig Levine said we were only outdone by that. But that, that's a tactic, Craig. That's, yeah. that's, how, <laughs> that's, that's what football that's what is meant now. to do. That's where opening goal against St Johnson came from the first day of the season. It was yeah. a great ball from from Christie in the same kind of position that put Mikey Johnson through. So if that's um, what Levine's happy to leave us to do, then that's fair play. What? Was it? I thought uh, Julian's passing. Is very good as well. We mentioned yeah. it at the game on Thursday. Right foot, left foot, it's not a problem to him. And uh, in the Hearts game as well, near Beaton was getting a good few switches of play and we're getting the ball out wide early and it's cutting teams open. What I like about Julian as well, he might get the ball from, say, Ayer at right back and he'll cut out the pass to Beaton and he'll go straight to the left yeah. back. Yeah. Which I, I think... Celtic have lacked that for a long time, haven't they? They have and for, for years they seem to do it under Dial as well. It's like, like this wasted pass but it's not needed and it gives opposition a chance to get back information. But if Julian can do that and switch the ball to either wing because he seems quite good with both feet, then that will certainly help us. I think uh, I had done admirably at right back considering he wasn't a right back. He'd done quite well out there. Sort of whenever he went gallivant and Scott Brown filled in and he helped in there. But what did you mainly make of that midfield? You know, because Neil Lennon was talking in the close game, he wanted to get as many technicians on the pitch as possible, and that's what led to Callum McGregor at left back. But you know, that's midfield makeup is probably as many technicians as Neil Lennon can can fathom and we managed to keep bowling goal at left back so he found back to what I was saying he's found a wee shape there that, that, that seems to work for him now he said sort of after the match that John Kennedy had a bit of tactical input but do you think this is going to resemble the New Lynn team going forward because we've had a lot of different shapes a lot of different lineups. I think the 4-3-3 4-2-3-1 whatever way you want to put it is, is our best formation as, as we were saying earlier Maybe if you're looking at the midfielders, the weakest one now looks like Scott Brown. I still think it should be Carl McGregor and Christie in there and maybe in Cham, but Christie outright. It worked against Hearts, we got the win, but he's been our best player this season playing in the middle, so I'd like to see him back in there. But these games, 
are all about winning. We just need to get these games ticked off. We done well, played well, got the victory after making a couple of changes after a European game. So there's nothing you can really be moaning about there. Celtic's lowest amount of shots in any goal this season, as far as I can gather, Gilly. Only seven shots, three of which on target, all of them ended up in the back of the net. How did you feel about the lineup in that shape that Neil Lennon found? Do you think that represents what he's going to maybe take to Ibrooks? I don't think it really represents the where the players were where we'll, when we go to Ibrooks. I, I can't see him putting Forrest on the left. I think Keller, you mentioned certain players who will start, um, and Edward and Forrest were, there, were two of them. And I, if you're going to have guys that start, then you don't play them not in their strongest position. Yeah. Forrest is our, our right winger. When you go, we go to Ibrooks, you want one of your best players playing in his best position. You want Cal McGregor playing midfield. You want Edward up front. You build a team around that, in my opinion. Yeah. It's a quite a difficult one because Encham is a good player and he probably doesn't deserve to drop out, but he would be the first one to drop out there. Forrest, not a big fan of him on the left either, but set up a goal from there and maybe he gives maybe he gives Bowen Goalie a bit of protection out there. We might, if we have Mikey Johnson out there, that's where Rangers are going to target. They're yeah. going to go down that side. So if we can get Forrest maybe on the left-hand side, Pressing Tavernier back because that's what they're going to yeah. want to be getting him forward, and he might offer Bowen Goalie a bit more protection. I don't know, Mikey Johnson. I'm happy to see him play at Ibrooks, but it's, he always seems to get flung in there, and the game sort of eats him up. But he's come on leaps and bounds this season, so it might be different. But I've got a feeling we might not need to worry about Bowen um, playing left back. I think we'll bring in Melling or Taylor before we go to Ibrooks and whoever we sign. We'll start because do you think so? Yeah. Do you think that's a? Do you, well, let, I mean, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Rangers game in a bit. But do you think nothing? That's a gamble. Do you think Bowling Goalie's starting to pick up a bit of form? See if see if that. I just think that that looks like if Neil Lennon does that, he's putting a stick down for people to beat him with. You know, think because whether it comes to fruition or not, he put in Greg Taylor and he gets absolutely willied and you think well, Bowling Goalie was just he was just picking up. He was getting he was getting there. Do you not think that's a risk? Personally, I think starting uh, Bowling Goalie at Ibrooks is a bigger risk than putting in Greg Taylor, a guy who's played at Ibrooks multiple times, got decent results there, knows exactly what this kind of game's going to be, mm. all, be all about. Same with Melling, he's uh, played Champions League football, he's played Europa League football, he's played against Celtic, so he knows the kind of tempo that we play at. Bowling Goalie's coming on to a game, but I just haven't Still seen nervous. enough from him to think I'm happy with him going to Ibrooks against Rangers um, I, I just don't think he's ready for it and I'd rather upset him and have him feeling bad than going there and having him getting his, getting his arse handed to him and I was getting humped <laughs> <laughs> How do you think Bayo done Melly and more importantly the question that's been on everyone's lips this week is did he score both of those goals or is it two OGs? No, according to Craig Levine. Craig Levine tried to suck all the life out of football again. So. <laughs> it's actually not according to the BBC or Google. They're both being awarded as OGs. Have they? Aye. Yeah. He got into the positions. It was him, his presence that caused the goals. The first one, poor from the keeper and better indecision and Bayo's in there making a nuisance of himself. The, his, the third goal, his second, was what we want to see from strikers. It was... Sort of that Gary Hooper run across the defender. Yeah. I remember he scored against uh, the first Champions League away win. I always loved Spartan that goal. Moscow. I always loved that goal, the way he just got in front of the defender and that side foot across the keeper. Uh, I, I didn't expect Bayo to start, and then when he did, 
it's just another option for us. Yeah. It's another good option because he is a big physical player as well. Something we maybe lack since Dembele's left, and it's another another good option to have because we've got two big games this week. Like a new and signing, wasn't it? It is, it is, but don't <laughs> tell Peter Lawler. <laughs> Two big games this week, and we've got three strikers at the club who've all scored this season. And again, we brought in Afolabi, if I'm saying that right. And it looks like you maybe thought he'd take over Bayo yeah. for third choice, but it looks like Bayo could be second choice now. I was maybe, maybe that was a rocket that Bayo needed. Mm. Yeah, somebody coming in that. Remember years ago when we signed Chifty, people going, that's a terrible sign, what's the point? And me seeing it my mate, maybe that's what Lee Griffiths needs. Somebody yeah. even yeah. down his neck and Griffiths went and scored 40 goals that season. Were you surprised to see Griffiths omitted? He was playing for the reserves tonight. I was surprised that he didn't come on before Bio against Stockholm. Yeah. But when Bio came on against Stockholm, he didn't really do much apart from body, a big centre-half, but he got the crowd going and you're thinking, maybe there's something about this guy. So when Edward dropped out and sat on Sunday, was it an injury he had? Did he have a wee knock? I think he was on the bench. So. Yeah, I think Edward. he was just trying to rest him. Oh, well. Um, then he thought he was going to he, he would, uh, get his chance. And I thought, he, like you're saying, he took it. It was brilliant. And he was inches away from a hat-trick. Inches away from the hat-trick with that header. Yeah. Hit the post. Everybody was willing him on as well because you yeah. could see he was giving 100%. I think he sort of cramped up towards the end, but that would just be due to lack of... A few of them did. Yeah, lack yeah. of game yeah. time or so many games like Ayer was down as well but Christopher Ayer was absolutely brilliant Aye. for the full game absolutely tore them apart down there he's really coming on to a game as well you so need to give him a new contract don't you before things get a bit carried away and people start sniffing around him oh you've changed your tune I sir. know listen for the rest of the season we'll just accept that I've changed my tune alright we need to tie Christopher Ayer down to a new contract don't we Gary absolutely you can see He's coming on every week, he's getting better and better. It's just a pity he can't play him at right back and centre half because he's probably our best centre half and our best right back at the moment. Aye, I know. Do you think that? I'd love to see him and Julian. I think that'd be a good partnership because, as Jack Gilly was saying, maybe a lack of pace from Julian. But Ayers get pace in abundance and that's a big, powerful centre half pairing that could probably complement each other well. El Hamid, and maybe if we get a left back and then you're starting to think the defence doesn't look that bad. Simonovic has come in and done well in most games. Neil Beaton came in and done fine against Hearts as well. It's just we need a right-back and a left-back and we're pretty much sorted back there. Just talking about the centre-halves, I think we might see Julian and Beaton playing a lot more games at Celtic Park together because what I think, we get a lot of the ball, obviously, at Parkhead and those two are more footballers yeah. than some of the other defenders the centre-halves we've got so they used the ball very well on Sunday so I've got a feeling we could see them um, playing a lot more and Maybe that comes into Neil Lennon's thinking when he's making these goalkeeper choices he's like look I'd rather have someone that can stop the ball going in the net because I've got plenty of defenders that can pass the ball Yeah, you know? especially with the new rules where the defenders can go into the box to uh, I don't really want to see Celtic doing that <laughs> some of the, it's like Arsenal seem to be doing it non-stop um, and very rarely do they get out their own half you better explain that new rule for people who might not know what it it's is it's just the defenders can go inside the 18 yard box from a goal kick whereas the attacking players from the opposition have to stay outside the box so it makes it easier for teams to play out and with Julian and Beaton does it make it easier for them I it think it does it into making it easier I think you're an old school you're dinosaur I'd be hitting along to Bayo route one get the game on get that's it in the mixer yeah. um, so Celtic conceded a goal in this game uh, Scott Brown giving away another penalty that's two penalties he's given away in how many games three oh, four three. Um, do you think as we discussed the game's just getting a wee bit away from him do you think that was another indicator of that this penalty 
I don't think really the penalty was an indicator. I think more or less his whole performance kind of was an indicator of he's just his legs aren't reacting the way they used to even a year ago. There's no shame in that though, is there? Because no. Scott Brown is he's he's what thirty four now. You know, there was a lot of people saying, even some of us on this podcast that were saying his time is up as Brendan Rogers walked in the door. Um Brendan Rogers had that, that chat with him, didn't he? That famous conversation, whether it happened or not, is another story now. <laughs> known Brendan Rogers. Uh, but he said, you know, how much how long do you think you've got left? He goes, Give me another two years. And that 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 two years yeah. was up last season, you know. It's put it's something we're gonna really need to think about. But uh, it's a squad game. We're gonna play sixty odd yeah. games this season, hopefully. So we're gonna need everybody there. Scott Brown, you have him about because the leadership is everything else he brings, but we're just starting to notice it a lot more in games now and the quicker the game is, it's getting that wee bit harder for him. But if we've got players about him, I mean, Cal McGregor, he was good again at the weekend, an absolute yeah. smashing goal, good play again along the edge of the box. He loves finding that bit of the net, doesn't he? That Cal McGregor right in that wee corner. Yeah, away. good watching us going forward. Ryan Christie, James Forrest, eh, McGregor, there's just a lot, of, a lot of pace and energy in there and it's what, is what breaks teams down because there's all those runs going. Christie's just been brilliant. The finish from McGregor was absolutely brilliant. I think I had, I was, I think it was on Sports Scene. I can't remember where, or maybe it was a Sports Scene podcast or something that they said that was McGregor's first goal since league goal since January. You Hopefully we're not waiting too long for his next one. I'll take one on Sunday. Oh, he, <laughs> I, I, I love scoring. I love scoring against them. I love scoring against. So. We managed to see off Hearts completing our 100% record in the league. Hearts are second bottom of the table. It's no long now, presumably, before director of football sacks the manager, Craig, Craig <laughs> Levine, is it? No. Hearts are, Hearts, I was very disappointed in Hearts. They seem to be... Brutal watching. Terrible, absolutely, absolutely brutal. terrible watching. They're, they're really on a, a real regression, Hearts, aren't they now? They're on the slide one, one for a... It's <laughs> actually it. <laughs> it's brilliant to see. It. I was reading about a, a couple of Hearts fans saying, you know, Craig Levine sacked Ian Cathro, but now Craig Levine's record is almost as bad, if not worse, than Ian Cathro's yeah. record. And, and the football they play is absolutely horrendous. Unless terrible. they've got Naismith in the team, they really don't have anything going forward. A couple of decent young players, but for the amount of Players I, I actually think they've got decent. In. I think there's some decent players in the Hearts team. They seem to do okay with their signings, but I, I just think Craig Levine as a manager is, as we say in this podcast now, Melly dinosaur. Yes. So that's it. That's it. So the first leg for AIK. That's out of the way. Hearts is out of the way. Next up, AIK away from home. Our passport into the Europa League. What are you expecting for the game, Gary? Hopefully, we score within the first half and. That should be it. We should not cake the bed. <laughs> Wouldn't not, they be a Celtic European worrying. performance if we never yeah. let in some horrendous goal or Send two and we were all up to high dough and everyone's running about mad and then we scrape through with the skin of our teeth thanks to the last minute James Forrest goal? I, I, I would take that right now if you uh, guarantee uh, it. <laughs> Ideally, you want to go out there and have quite an assured defensive performance because we've all seen that Brendan Rodgers was often given negative press for leaving the back door open all the time in a way European games yeah. whereas when Neil Lennon came in they thought he's going to be more pragmatic mm. I don't know if that's really the case so it would be good to just see a good defensive performance get through no injuries this is all an ideal world yeah. but and then we'd absolutely love it if Rangers finished 0-0 and went extra time but Carlsberg don't do first <laughs> so we'll see how Celtic on 
concede a goal in the first five minutes. Have a man. Well, that's a Celtic European trope, isn't it? They yeah. need to do something. They need to do something stupid. It can't go all swimming, like can it, Gilly? It can't, and it usually doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, our favourite's always Daniel Westorovic getting sent off in the first uh, minute, giving away a penalty. He's at sea on. Like, what are you doing, man? It's a. Uh, do you think Celtic are just on the on, on the conversation about Europa League? Do you think Celtic are a Europa League team now? Is that a level a Europa League team who occasionally slides into the Champions League, or are we a Champions League team who continually fail and drop into the Europa League? Unfortunately, now I think we're verging on being a Europa League team who try to get in the Champions League, and we're going to be getting Europa League football more often than not, unless we have a dramatic change in our transfer policy. Or we just sign good players instead of. Well, that terrible would, ones that would be a dramatic <laughs> change right enough absolute dramatic change I think we should be a Champions League team we, we should have everything in place to be that We've, we should but we do have everything in place really don't we yeah yeah. We, every, I, I, every team we play we have got better facilities we're a seeded team we should be going through it should be an aberration Celtic not going through like mm. Porto last week when yeah. it the Champions League and it was a shock Celtic it's not a shock anymore and it's not as if we're, we're having to face Porto or any of those teams we, are, we have seeded so we should be doing better than that but again as I've seen the last two years these games are difficult and we didn't give ourselves a chance to go through Brendan Rodgers went through we beat Astana 5-0 that still wasn't enough to, yeah. for the second leg. We were still we, we watched it in the pub that night, yeah, Gillian. Still mentally scarred from that. <laughs> it was absolutely terrible. So these games are so difficult. So we, you need to give yourself the best chance to get through. And we didn't do that. It's all. It's not fault. as if they're sprung on us because that's Malmo, Maribor, Athens, and Cluj who have not prepared properly for. So it's it's gross misconduct somewhere. Yeah. Like, uh, that that's the thing. It's very difficult, isn't it? And we discussed it like to pin the blame down. Who is actually blamed for this? Because if you ask Peter Law, he'll tell you, I give you the players and I give you the wages. Uh, you ask the manager, and I, I pinned the blame on above not had you on, but I pinned the blame on Neil Lennon. Where do you, you you're only allowed one sacking, that's the way I put it. You're allowed one sacking. Who gets it? Thankfully, I listened to last week's podcast, so I'll take Stephen's option. I'll slap uh, <laughs> with Lennon's head right beside him for last week. But I think um, last season, if um, if Lawler was just backed um, Rogers, the rap we would have got McGinnon. Hate to mention it, and I, th- I think we would have probably went through against Athens. It was absolutely brilliant Friday night, John McGinn. Do you? How do you hold the Europa League? Gilly? How do you hold it in regard to you? Is that a second-class competition? Do you feel a bit tarnished by it when it comes around, or do you say, right, that, at the end of the day, it should have been football. Let's just go for it. If you'd asked me this question against Cluj, uh, the, after the Cluj game, there would have been one response, and that was, I don't care about it. It was Champions League or nothing. But when reality sets in, we still need to have European football at Parkhead. Players like Edward and Forrest and uh, McGregor, they, they want to play in the big games. And so we can't, we can't be selfish these days. Yeah. Just as fans go, we want the Champions League. You'll still get the odd big name um, and big clubs coming to Celtic Park on Euro- Europa League night. It's just it's obviously not as glamorised as the Champions League, but when you go to the games, you, you still enjoy them. There's, there's some big teams. Stand, in, it's good. Yeah. There's some big teams. Arsenal, I know. We're, Lord, we're definitely going to get Arsenal. We're definitely going to get Arsenal. So that's that. We just, you know, Celtic have. It's very difficult. I feel like I say this all the time, but Celtic have got enough to see AIK. Just barring any calamities, we should sail through and find out. Europa League opponents in a couple of weeks then it's the biggie then it's the big one the podcast the the reason we're sitting around this table I suppose the first Glasgow derby of the season um, Stephen Gerrard's Rangers who also have a 100% record 
the, the question is, how confident are you heading into this game? And how does that confidence stack up compared to how you were over the last couple of games? Because we know very much now Neil Lennon Celtic kind of looks like against Steven Gerrard's Rangers a wee bit. But how, how confident are you, Melly? If you had asked me this time last week, I wouldn't be very confident. But after the last two performances, I think we've been much better. And again, Rangers, a 1-0 away win. They've struggled in their away games. They've been, it's been winning them by the odd goal to get to the last-minute goal against yeah. Kilmarnock. So... If you're looking at it, Celtic have got 15 goals this season. That's an average of five a game. But all the negative press has been about Celtic because of the Cluj game. Yeah. Now take that one Cluj game out of it. Celtic have been good all season. Mm. But that just one game set the club back and then it f filtered into the Dunfermline game. So we have been on form, but just because we dropped from the Champions League into Europa League, just makes it look that bit worse. But I think now I'm more confident. We always get Thursday night to negotiate as well. As long as we get through that, fine. It's it's going to be very difficult. I think Rangers have looked good at the past two times at Ibrox against us. They've obviously got the crowd behind them. We need to learn the lesson from the last game when we went there as champions and we lost a goal within two or three minutes. Yeah, yeah. That, totally kills our game plan because what you want to do is you want to kind of they're going to attack us from the off so you want to kind of withstand that and then you want the crowd to get a wee bit nervous and that's yeah. what Celtic can play on but that that was totally taken away from us with that, that fluke goal in that last game What sort of approach Melly do you want to see Celtic take to this game? I want them to win Right That is just basic <laughs> Winning approach that's it uh, Lennon's toughest test domestically so far and We'll maybe get a better idea of what Neil Lennon's team are like after this game because the last two games we've went there and we haven't showed up. We've actually embarrassed ourselves and made Rangers look like a much better team. The, the worry I have is I still think we look open in midfield when teams get through us and Rangers are quite strong in that position. The last game it was... a. Uh, Scott Arfield just walked straight through and got mm. the second goal and he could see that coming all day that that day. So hopefully we can, we're a bit more assured in our performance. At least we're going into it this time with players on form, hopefully not any injuries because we've had Mikey Johnson up front in previous games and it just so wasn't do you fair think, on him. Do you think Johnson will start? I'm not sure. It depends what we do this week. If we bring in a left-back, I could maybe see... I was going with the new left back and then maybe bowling goal in front of him to, to stop that, yeah. the Tavernier mm -hmm. uh, going down that side. But how do you sacrifice to do that? Mikey Johnson. Mm. And then you've always got Johnson on the bench. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be against seeing Forrest out on the right and Christie on the left if it keeps in Cham, McGregor and Brown, if we can get all them into the team. But we've got options which which I'm happy with. For me, this is a game where Scott Brown has to play. We were talking about earlier games that he probably didn't need to play in, but this is a game where you need somebody like Scott Brown. For I think this is a big game for Scott Brown. I think all the talk of whether Scott Brown's on the site, this game will tell. Because see if he goes to Ibrox and gets overrun. Again, last I, game he was absolutely terrible. I think people start looking at him and going, right, maybe Celtic need other options here. Yeah. And, and himself, he must be asking questions of himself, yeah. so he could probably... A good performance. I think Rangers and Celtic have got a bit of similarities in their team, like you mentioned, Millie. Their, their midfield is getting a lot of plaudits. Now, we are going to go in depth opposition analysis on the new podcast on the tactics board that will be out before the game. Um, 
but just looking at it, you know, they've got Aribo, who's who's someone we targeted, who's who's doing quite well for them. I've seen a bit of Aribo, and he does look like a class above. Ryan Jack, Mate, we can't let Ryan Jack look brilliant. Again. No, we can't. You've got Jack Davis and, and Scott Arfield. They're they're strongest in midfield. I'd say Celtic are strongest midfield to front. But it, I think Rangers can be got at. I don't really rate Flanagan. I, I don't think he's up to much. Goldson and Katic are okay but we've caused them problems in the past we've got the quality up front to we do have, that but I think one of my biggest gripes uh, with the 2-0 game at Ibrox last year was Edward's performance against Goldson I thought Goldson totally dominated him and that really kind of annoyed me because if MD in our team's got the ability to embarrass their opposition to do a number on him it's, it's Edward and I think Edward's a far better player than Goldson so it's a big game for him I think big big players playing big games, and this is I want to see Edward really terrorise Goldson. I think he's got it in his locker, and we're due a big game from him at Ibrox. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at the looking at the Rangers lineup a wee bit further, there's still a week left to the transfer window. By all accounts, they could be without Morelos going into this game, which would be I mean, he doesn't really do much for us against us. He hasn't historically, but losing a player of that quality is obviously going to impact him a wee bit. Now, whether or not they bring somebody else in is a different story, but. I think this Rangers team is is more settled. It's as we've discussed. It's Gerard's second season. He's identified areas he wants to improve, and he seems to have done that. He seems to have done that. But if you listen to any Rangers fan or any uh, phone in, they're all saying that the left back is weak, which is good news for us because as we were talking about earlier, our right winger is not weak. No, that could be our our where we win the game. I can see, I hope James Forrest kind of terrorises the guys up against that. Again, like I'm saying, Edward, go at Goldson. I'd say to Forrest, this is your game. Mm. They're left back. I don't see them bringing in MD who's going to be somebody you think, oh, he'll get the better of Forrest. So that, that's our match winners, Forrest and Edward. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we could expose them down the, the left-hand side there, right back with Tavernier will bomb on. Edward likes drifting out to that left-hand side. So if we can get the ball... As Ryan Christie's been doing, there's quick switches of play out wide and go at them there. I think we can uh, get a lot of joy. Edward's done it at Ibrox before, but James Forrest hasn't really ever done it at Ibrox. No. In the last two times, I think, in Cham, Brown, Forrest, all got overran in the midfield. So I'd like to see us take a hold of the game this time and not let that happen because all they really all they really did was get in our faces and not give us any time and that's all their fans want isn't it? Yeah. they just want Christy staunchness Christie seems like a different animal this season doesn't Aye. he yeah. he seems like he's like, like, a, like a butcher's dog he's everywhere and he, he's rapid he's strong he's, he's certainly filled out from when he was a few years ago I, I've got a feeling again if he plays well on, on Sunday it could be someone else who could tip the tip the scales in our favour yeah, you know I've, I've watched a bit of Rangers they're, they're honestly no great but but Historically, they've never been great, but what Stephen Gerrard's got Rangers doing is, especially at Ibrox, they turn up for these games. They yeah. seem to have raised their performance against us. Now, this these could be the games that settle the league. You know, yeah, the, the, these be. these could be, the, and especially so early on. You know, you talk about putting down a marker. The way right the before an international break as well. So if one team loses, it's just going to be on, it. on it for a couple. In my weeks. opinion, that puts the pressure on Rangers though, because it's at Ibrox. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, that's we, a we point. Go there. I'm not saying we would go. I think you're touching us. You can't go and set up a team and go. We'll take the draw, but during the game, if we go, we go then as kind of it's like looking like a draw. The pressure's on them to get the result. A draw at Ibrox, we wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take that. So 
Then it gives us a two. How far we've come, eh? How far we've come in the last couple of years sitting here, how we take a draw at Ibrox. Then it gives us the two um, games against them at Celtic Park, and I'm not afraid of taking the the full points off them. I don't think there's any doubt that we'll beat them twice at Parkhead. These games, it sort of boils down to who wants it more on the day sometimes because they are so ferocious. It's a big rivalry. So I just hope, like the last two times, Celtic... The New Year's game last year was dreadful with the Cal McGregor goal that was offside, but yeah. we didn't barely deserve a draw in that game. We weren't good, and the 2 0 1 at the end of the season, that was terrible. It was one of the worst performances, and it's one of the the ones where you, you thought, Lennon, if you want this job, you have to go out yeah. and get this team to perform there, and they didn't do it. He's got the job now, so I want to see a good performance from Celtic. I don't want them going there and getting caught up in the occasion and just letting Rangers get on top of them. So I'm going to just ask you quickly, suggested lineups. who do you want to see? And uh, give, us a, give us a quick prediction for this game. Oh. Who's, your ba- I mean, you, who's your back for? Foster and goal for me right. is yeah. the number one. That's why he's brought here, or the number 67. He'll be the keeper. <laughs> um, the right back is El Hamed going to be fit? Is Ayer going to play there? You need to, we need to know who's fit, I think. Yeah. But hopefully El Hamed, El Hamed's. Um, See the way Ayer's performing recently, though. I'm looking at it going, even if El Hamed's fit. What do you think yeah. Peter Lowell's thinking? He's like, you do not read a right Aye. back, do you? <laughs> so it's depending on who's fit, but I'd go with El Hamed, the right back. My, I would go with. Um, Julian and Ayer, oh, yes. yep. uh, left back. Hopefully, a new left back. If not, it has to be uh, Bolingoli. We need to protect him on the left hand side. Um, midfield: Christie, McGregor, Brown. Right mid: Forrest up front. Edward. It's difficult for one position left. Aye. Sorry, one position left. You dropped in Cham. That's that's the, Mikey that, Johnson. In. Well, that's the one I was going to say to you. I think in Cham. I think I think this could be a game for in Cham. It could be. These are the if he's a guy that's supposedly still here. wants a that's move. The, uh, that's that's a difficulty. If he wants a move, these are the games that potential clubs will be looking at him and saying, well, is he, "Does he perform in this game?" Because he hasn't the last couple of times at Ibrox, but he did at Celtic Park. So I, I, I'm not too worried about the team. Lennon can often throw a wee curveball in there, mm. so that's why I'm not sure about the left hand side. Even if Mikey Johnson does play, I'm quite happy for him. But the was it the Cluj game? He, he sort of got lost in the game and wasn't his best yeah. performance. So that's my only worry. I think we've got the players. Most of our players are on good form now. So going into the game, as long as we get through Thursday, maybe if we even sign a player or two. So give me a give me a, a prediction. Come on, I want you to put a score on it. Two each. Two each. Is, do you know what? See, if it's going to be a draw, it's going to be like two, two or three, three. I said that last week, Gilly. What, what you, you two one, two one. Two one. There we go. <laughs> there we go. I'm going to, I'm going to go three one Celtic. Oh. Why not? Balls deep in it. Right. That is the end of the podcast. We've reached any other business. Uh, I suppose any other business is before we get to the Rangers game. We've got to pass through the final week of the transfer window. Neil Lennon still banging that drum about wanting three slash four players in. Um, if he wants it, it's going to be a busy week. My main concern is the outgoings. I'm, you know, I've not heard anything. This isn't in the know, but I'm worried that you know that Champions League exit 
maybe put Edward on the phone to his agency and see if you can get me a move. That's the only the only person that I'm worried about leaving is is that one. Um, do you think we'll do any business in the next week, Gilly? I mean, yeah, we need I th- to. I think we will. As you're saying, Lennon's saying he wants three or four, but anyone who's seen American Pie 2 will know the rule of three. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> I have seen it. No, no. I Google it. <laughs> um, so I think we'll get one more in. One? One more. Oh, we need at least two. We need a left back, a right back, and I'd still... I'll think... be raging if we only get two. That's I, I still think we need a winger as well, so... There's, there's players out there. It's it's, it's, wor- it's, wonder- it's it's worrying me that it's ground to a halt almost, apart from Big Foster, which was a gimmick, as he says, basically he knew Neil Lennon and yeah. that, that's why it happened. Like the recruitment as it stands is ground to a halt. Um, Burger Melling was supposed to be signing in a couple of days a week and a half ago, according to Chris Sutton. He's not going to sign. Well, Rosenberger's still in the Champions League. I know they could beat 2-0 in the first leg, but come Tuesday or Wednesday, they'll have a better idea. I don't know so much. One, if something said it, then it's going to happen in two. Burger Melling's not going to go, OK, I'm going to turn down that four-year deal at Celtic for twice the money for three games in the Champions League or yeah, whatever. But, uh, I mean it from Rosenberg's point of view. They, there's, there's no point in them selling one of their best players. Oh, right, aye. They're not going to... in the midst yeah. of these games. I mean, the offer's right. They'll make the deal, as they say. Yeah. Kilmarnock are reportedly wanting three million for Taylor, I, I can't see a problem with that myself because we've we've got twenty five million from Tierney, so other clubs are seeing that. Yeah, we're we desperate. Absolutely, it's our own fault. As you said last week, we should have brought in a left back before we sold Tierney. We we wouldn't have get strong arm for paying over the top, and then we can sell Tierney knowing you've got back up there. But now we're left in this position where we're kind of desperate, needing a defensive left back in, and clubs know that, and they're, they're going to squeeze every penny they can out of us. Greg Taylor, if the club sign him, then you know, again, it sort of went wrong in this window because, like John McGinn the previous year, if you wanted Greg Taylor, you go as soon as the season finishes and you say to Kilmarnock, I want this player, and yeah. you make the deal then, and it's an easy one for Celtic. You've got him buried in, you've got him in for the Champions League qualifiers, but if you go and sign him a couple of days before the window closes... Yeah. Is he was he your first choice? He, I don't think I choice? don't even think he was first choice because Kamarnock brought in Kamarnock sorry let their backup left back go out on loan and then brought somebody else in. So if they're not sending the guy out on loan if they're expecting Taylor to move at the beginning of the window. So if he does arrive, he'll be a late arrival. I still think I'm not I'm not making any concessions for Celtic. I think if you don't get a minimum of three players in, you, you've not done your job. Yeah. If if you're no minimum you four I'd take four, but you know, I, I was reading today. I think that, four but including Foster so I'd say three now is fair enough that's fine but I mean Scott Sinclair today not to bang that drum again I was reading that he's he'd plump for a move for down south in, in League One now they can still sign players he'd he'd take a move abroad or into League One so if you're getting rid of him like you say left wing you need to bring somebody else in linked to Jordan Ibe and a couple of weeks ago but nothing, nothing's happened there that's the problem we're linked to these players heavily linked then it disappears we should be bringing in three or four, but I'm just talking from what previous years' experience, thinking that we'll be doing this or, or doing that, and I'm just I'm, I won't be surprised if we bring in one player. If uh, honestly, if we do, there's uh, I'll be I'll be writing because it's it's no absolutely no good enough to the car park to the car park. <laughs> I, I it's uh, it's absolutely no good enough. And on that note, on that positive note, we shall wrap up. Um, just want to say thanks very much to you guys for listening. Thanks for your continued support. Thanks so much for supporting us on Patreon. As you're doing your numbers, we hit our one thousandth patron this week, which is quite mind blowing. When we started this Patreon thing, we never imagined it would be as popular as it is. So we really really appreciate that. 
Um, if you like the sound of Patreon and what we've got coming up, you can find that on patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims. Um, just another note for the new podcast on that that's launching this week, the Tactics Board. I want to thank Gilly for filling in. Um, into Pan Gilly, when's the next History Boys coming out for us next month? There is a Celtic Ajax um, one from 1982. We talk about the two ties when we played them and knocked him out. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> Johan Corrie playing at uh, Parkhead for the first time. Nice the one. only time. So that should be out. And then we're talking right now about the next topic and we're going to try and do it a wee bit modern. A few names of we're talking about right now are either Chris Commons or Charlie Mulgrew. Oh, oh, oh Chuckles. There we go. A reaction from Jamie. <laughs> um, I want to say thanks to the guys at LP Studios who allowed us to use their wonderful equipment to record this podcast this week. Um, you should check them out at LP Studios on Twitter. But most of all, I just want to say thanks for listening. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.